is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Pickett takes the knee. And that is your ball game. Wow, what a performance by this Steelers defense. Beleaguered in the second half because the Falcons running game lit up like a Christmas tree. But in the end, the Steelers made the critical play. That's the end of the game. The Steelers win number five. And now they get ready for the Ravens. Final score, (coughs) Pittsburgh 19, Atlanta 16. Two in a row. Two in a row. You got to be kidding me. You want to think how good, how sweet it is when you rack up two in a row. Listen to Billy just kind of, you know, put it out there. You know, Max, I got to tell you something. It, it was just to go into December and not stack wins. And the last time that that happened, I was playing, tells you what a drought <laughs> this this has been, my friend. Oh, who are you telling off? <laughs> it was something that, you know, as the game's unfolding, you know, we had yesterday. Remember, we we were ecstatic, right? Yes. The Steelers were in control. They were putting points on the board. I'm going to use the word points lightly. <laughs> but what the problem was, right, was that it was not in the end zone as right. much. It was through the uprights. And that was where, <clears throat> in the second half, looked like it was going to bite us, right? Right. Because we had not done enough to affect that scoreboard. And when you think of scoring 20-plus points the last three weeks in a row, that came to a halt. But I loved the intestinal fortitude of this squad, right? I loved the guts that they displayed because – that was a grinded-out type of game. That was a very physical type of game. Early on, Steelers win the physicality battle, and then later on, Atlanta started to stiffen and started <clears throat> started to bow their neck back and started to punch back at us. And luckily, it was not enough uh, for them to overcome us. But at the same time, I love the grit. I love the determination. But there definitely has to be an emphasis, especially this week, of capping those drives off with a tutty instead of instead of the field goal. Hey, I appreciate Matthew Wright. Listen, <laughs> you've got the 40s nailed. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, but I would rather you kick those as extra points than as must-have three-point tries. You know, they actually tied an NFL record, from what I understand, with the most 45-plus yard field goals, I think there was like five of them or something. Um, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like tying a record. So that's great. We love it. All all good stuff because also uh, the uh, Atlanta guy, he joined in on that one too. But the fact of the matter is you look at this, and it's just as you talked about, when you t- settle for a three, you are leaving points on the field, and you know it, and the opposition knows it. Even when, when, even when you nail a three, the other side is going, all right, good. All right, why? Because you know, they know, you left points on the field, and that can always come back to get you. It's like an extra point, right? 
When you miss those yeah. dead gum, stupid extra points, what happens? It always feels like you're sitting on the edge and somebody can come back and kick you in the keister because you left points on the field. And it's the same way when you go field goals because you know if you'd been able to kind of bear down a little bit or just make a play or two more, you're going to end up in the end zone. And so that is something that's a little dis- discomforting, I should say. But at the same time, there's so much good, and on this good the bad, and the ugly. We're also going to add an extra chapter, Max, because we're going to go the awesome. Because there's a, there's a oh, couple okay. of things that were awesome. But, you know, as far as good, hey, it's a win. They stacked the drives, and that is good. I'm sorry, stack the wins. Yeah. My bad. <clears throat> yeah, it, exactly. Stack a win, and you consistently score every time you had the ball for the first half and about five minutes of the game, I guess. Somewhere on there. Seven minutes. Let's not get minutes. into Anyways, who had how much time with who. Exact. <laughs> two and a half quarters worth of great <laughs> consistent football where you scored every drive. How about that? I like there it. There we go. That works. There we go. So, so you know, it was it was great to see that consistency. But like you said, you know, there's just those fine, fine minute details. So, I love the fact that they played. I love the fact that the defense, especially in that first half, Knew it was going to be a tough challenge with Marcus Mariota, which is funny that they flipped the switch on us early and was passing. Remember? Right. Yeah, they, they were like, well, they know we're going to run, so let's do the opposite. Ha, 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 It did not work. did not work. You it sound was, like a villain yeah. in some, some B-rated movie. <laughs> exactly. It's not Die Hard, though. Which is also not a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie, Wolf. You don't think it's a Christmas movie? Come on. Bruce I know Willis. You know. Yeah, Bruce Willis finally admitted to it. But remember, he used to say for the longest time, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Right. right. It's like, well, why'd you do it around Christmas then? <laughs> Why is that the underlying it. theme? But, yeah. Um, but, no, I, 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 it, it was – it was something that I was I was ecstatic to see. Like I was excited, you know. As we're talking, you know, uh, during the game, it was great to see the office be physical. To and Najee, talk about good, huh? Oh yeah, that might be borderline awesome. You and, know what? I would agree with you there. Go ahead. Yeah, because that stiff arm he put on Richie Grant, <laughs> he dunked him. He absolutely dunked oh, him. Oh, man. That was like me trying to get rid of a bag of potato chips I wasn't supposed to eat in a trash can. <laughs> you shove it to the bottom, you know. You just, ah! Covered. Cover it up with something else. Nope, nothing to see here. Just trash. Just trash. Don't worry about this empty bag of Doritos. Um, but, yeah, but, I mean, that, that, and that, that was just that running. It was like oh. that's the first rounder we drafted, right? Absolutely. That, that, that's the guy we've been waiting to see all season. Max, let, let me let me alive. throw this at you. I think we got a new rock band in the in the Steel City. It's called Najee and the Marauders. What do you think? Huh? <laughs> 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 I mean, just watching that offensive line come off the ball, watching Najee, like like you said, he didn't dunk on R- Richie Grant. He dunked Richie Grant. I mean, that was like amazing. Yeah, it was, and it was ferocious. It, it 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 had malintent. Yes, it, it did. A lot of anger was in that. <laughs> it was in that palm that he put to Richie Grant's face mask, 
as he tried to dr- he tried to trash compact his pace. You know what I'm saying? Like it was it was yes. it was absolutely a thing of beauty. And as an offensive line, how can you not get excited? Right, oh, Max. That harkens back to the days of yore. Back with Franco. Back with the bus. You know what I mean? And by oh, the way, the man. bus was down there too. Exactly. Hey, the bus stopped it stopped at Mercedes-Benz Stadium one last time, baby. Yes, it, it did. It was great. Yeah, but bus was there. I saw Mike Logan, Trey Essex. Um, you know, a bunch of guys were there. Uh, I think Jeff Reed was also at the game. Cordell Stewart there. was all yep, checked Cordell. in the day before, and he was at the game, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, so Steelers and, – and listen, Steelers Nation was at the game. Oh, That man. was the other thing. It was a home game in Atlanta. It was amazing. When Firemuth had that long play, I mean, the place erupted in a big moo. <laughs> I was like, I had to take my earphone off of my ear. I'm like, I'm like, I didn't hear that. It's like, no, it is that loud. No, no, no. This is a home game. The Atlanta Falcons are visiting the Steelers, and apparently one of the mini Steeler, uh, you know, secondary slash rental property homes around this greater country. We, you, you know we have a bunch of rental property. We have a bunch of Airbnbs that we loan to other teams, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Atlanta was one of them. Jacksonville was another one. The L.A. Chargers, that, 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 that's our Malibu beach home. You know what I'm saying? You know, yes. Everybody's got to have a Malibu beach home. Um, also, they, the Cardinals, right? You want a little desert change, a little rustic living. State Farm Stadium is also home of the Steelers. I mean, we, we have – we literally have stadiums that we can name where we literally take over the stadium. Like, people they – ha- they have to beg on the news for you not to sell the tickets to Steelers fans because Steelers fans are, are going to converge. But they don't realize that literally people become season ticket holders because they know the Steelers are eventually coming there. Like, that's – so you're welcome, NFL stadiums that are struggling. <laughs> we, we help provide the boost – and it was just – it was fantastic. I mean – and then when I was walking to get my lift to go to the airport, I mean, the amount of Steelers – you couldn't find a Falcons fan. Yes. I mean, they right. were very sparsely strewn amongst the black and yellow, you know. And it was it was something that was awesome to see. I mean, black and gold, Steeler Nation. Uh, I, I even saw – heck, I even saw a, a biker club, a Steelers biker club that was there at the game. It was it was pretty awesome. You know what's pretty funny? It, I, for whatever reason, he just stimulated a, a thought in my head, a, re- a memory. I remember Matt Millen. You know, was uh, he played at Penn State, and Matt and I did battle so, many times in both college and in the pros. He was with the Raiders, and Matt was telling me one time after the game when he he goes out to the Oakland Raiders. Right, he's, he's he comes out after a game, and there's this. A uh, group of Hell's Angels out there in the parking lot. I guess they went to the game, the Raiders fans. He comes out, and they start, like, they're, like, cheering, going, yay, man. Like, he goes, I just put my head down walk faster. <laughs> 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 it was really funny the way he, <laughs> yeah. he said it. was just They were just crazy-looking guys, you know. He said it was just like, eh, I'm just going to keep moving here. But, you know, regardless, the point is I love the fact that there are so many Steelers fans there. As, as we were talking about yesterday, if there was for the Steelers fans, that place would have been almost empty. I mean, you know, that's a huge, beautiful complex. And by the way, did they not have the best pregame meal that we've had in any stadium yet? Uh, it was it was an absolute spread. I see why, you know, because I had heard from other press, um, you know, throughout 
the last, <clears throat> you know, this this past season, mm-hmm. and even on my on my on my college crew with ESPN, they're like, "Man, have you been to Mercedes?" I'm like, "No, we're going there in December, guys." Like, man, the press because every time you know you sit down at press press box uh, pregame meal, they're always talking about you know we're always ranking, right? You know, that's the one thing we do in the press, right? right. Surprise, surprise, we rank him, and 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 we also postulate on what transpires in the meal room because right a happy mob a happy mob is a very litigious mob like right we're, we're, we're going to write we're going to write up either give out demerits or give kudos to the press box food and we're always ranking it when they always said man you just wait till you go to mercedes biz wait till you go to the falcons just wait till you have a game down there in atlanta and i have to say they were right they were right, Wolf. It was I mean, terrific, man. It was. It was. There was this beautiful salad bar. There was. I didn't even see cut. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. You, see, you're that guy that you know. Like we, we, when you go in the grocery store, you're supposed to scan the perimeter. You, you know, in the middle right. has all the processed stuff, but your healthier food options are on the <laughs> outside. Well. It's it's flipped inverse here at the press box. All the all, all the bad and delicious stuff is on the outside. The good stuff was in the middle. Um, so you were just simply going off of grocery store rules. I just you, got confused. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> so they had like hand they had hand cut like egg salad sandwiches that oh, was already yeah. pre cut in halves on diagonals. I mean, it was it was. Then they had what they had pork chops. Oh man. Mac and cheese, cabbage. Yeah. Hot dog, flank popcorn, steak. oh yeah, flank, oh yeah, carved flank steak. Yes, and then oh. then a and then a hanging pretzel bar right next to it, or you could have pretzel bits and fondue, and fondue. you know, right next to it. <laughs> it. It's a fancy way of saying it, it's really nacho cheese sauce. It's all good. Um, it's the orange stuff. Fondue uh, is 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 a yeah. is a translated word for nacho cheese, huh? Yeah, nacho cheese sauce. Like it's not even. <laughs> It's not. It's it's a cheese product, right? It's not even like full on cheese. In the event of a nuclear disaster, that food will the nacho cheese will last forever. Never worry. Will not absorb any nuclear radiation, <laughs> but will might give it off. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then there was this this cookie and ice cream bar that was in oh, there. I mean, it was those chocolate chip. Was, co- oh my heavens, they're unbelievable. And the red velvet listen, ones. Ooh. The red velvet one was staring at me the whole time. Oh, I know, I know. It just called it was your staring name. at me. I was like, I was like, I was like, you, you mean, mean, mean <laughs> cookie, you, you. I like you, but I don't like, but I don't like you. Um, but it, but yeah, it, it was, now. yeah, it was one of the best friends. What was that halftime? Since obviously I am, I am a grunt and I am on the field. Much the those same. Moments. Yes, it was much the oh, same, wow. my friend. Yes. Oh, even and then better. Burritos too. Oh, they, I love burritos. Are you kidding? Who doesn't love a good burrito? Oh, good burrito. And I forgot, they also had a standard nacho cheese bar, a nacho bar, right, where you <laughs> yes. put the chili and the cheese. I forgot yep. about that part because I, being the upstanding human being that I am, <laughs> I resisted myself because I also did not know where bathrooms were and I did not want to have an unfortunate isn't that, issue. Isn't that brutal yeah. on the sidelines when you don't know where the bathrooms yeah. are off the field? Yeah. Folks don't oh, understand. Man. You're in the middle of action. You're down on the sidelines. You can't get upstairs. You can't get – but there, you got to know where the off-the-field restroom is because if you have one of those moments, man, you got to find it. Yeah, you got to find it quick, fast, and in a hurry. And obviously, 
you know, Missy wasn't with us yesterday because of the way the stadium was set up with frequencies. So and there was boy, not didn't anybody. We miss her that, yeah, for crying we out loud, her. man, she keeps everybody in line. <laughs> I know she. She. I mean, she. She. She is the radio broadcast mom of the yeah, group. There I mean, you go. She, <laughs> she keeps all. She keeps all the boys in line, and so we. We. We miss Missy. Um, so yeah. So it was like even more so for me. Like I can't leave the sideline. Like like there's nobody to call anything on the side. It's not like you can say. Hey, let me rush and try and find it. And that's a humongous stadium, too, Wolf. It was. I mean, I, mean, I had over 12,000 steps yesterday. Yeah, just from I, walking. I had over 10, and that was just getting yeah. to and from the, the press box, basically. Yeah, the press box to the field, that is a walk every single And I did it, like, what, four times? Oh, easy. Uh, yeah. So... I was sitting. I was like, man. I was like, I did. I did get really good at my power walking step. I was really good on my heel toes <laughs> and a fish. And I remember. Well, you also remember yesterday, and and Wes put it on his uh, on his Instagram stories. Um, I was because I was on the field. It was so far. We had we we had the pregame hit in the trenches, and and I'll never forget. Dan's like, hey Max, we have the show in five minutes. I'm like, I have I have. Full on cleats on because I had the mic. I was represented for the mic cause my cleats. <laughs> you're down on the sidelines uh, on the field, and we're up there watching the you. And you're like strutting around. You got your cleats. Oh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, and I had to walk all the way back to the press. But by the way, there is no carpet from once you step off that field because I consider the field an indoor turf carpet. Right. Till I got to the press corridor. And to give you perspective, the press corridor is about three quarters of a mile from the field, uh, with all the cord, with all the elevators and escalators and stairs and right. walkways. So I'm walking in these cleats on like tile. Now, explain, explain <laughs> what your cleats were, so everybody understands so, what we're doing. Okay, so so the NFL every year does a my cause my cleats. That's why you saw the guys maybe yesterday if you were watching the game or you checked social media. Guys have custom colored and custom painted cleats to represent different charitable organizations that they support. And so the NFL does a really good job of highlighting them. So they allow them to get these custom cleats made. And then either the NFL will auction them off and send the proceeds to said 501c3, or you can donate them and have them auction them off. So I chose Fiesta Bowl Charities, being that I'm out here and I do a lot of work with the Fiesta Bowl. So I chose him as my designated uh, my cause my cleats representative this year. Beautiful. And so I had these awesome. So I had these awesome cleats on. But the problem was, you got a segment in five minutes. You know how far you got to walk. Right. And I didn't have time to put put my sneakers back on. <laughs> so you were clickety clack as you went through the hall and and uh, the, uh, on the way to the press box, right? Clickety clacks meets the meets the ice capades, or putting a polar bear on roller, uh, you know, a on ice polar skates. bear on ice on ice skates. It was. I'm walking all gingerly. They're looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, oh my god, your shoes look awesome. I'm like, yeah, but they're slippery. Just don't stop my motion. Don't step in front of me. And uh, and then there was like a big spill. Like a lot of water had dumped like right in between the service corridor to where you get to like the elevators which is like polished concrete meets tile. And I was like, oh, God, this is going to be bad. I was like, don't fall, Max. Do not fall. You're like tippy-toe, tippy-toe, tippy-toe. And, but, but, I mean, but, it, but it, was, it, was, it, was, it was really awesome to do that. And, you know, I will go and um, actually deliver the cleats later this week to the Fiesta Bowl offices. 
But, you know, it was just, I mean, it was a great day yesterday, but there was just a lot of fun and a lot of challenges that went on with that. Um, getting getting to and fro. So we, we, we miss Missy. And yes, we also, indeed. yeah, we all, we also know that, you know, we, you, you definitely, you definitely got to have, you know, your, your broadcast partner slash mom be, <laughs> uh, be present in the place. I know she was enjoying fl- flambe or uh, bananas fosters. I saw on her IG story uh, while we were doing the game. So at least she was, a, at least she had some comfort with her. You know, well, that's one thing. At least she was, she had some comfort. Well, I'll say this. We have now gone through the trials and tribulations of Max Starks on my cause, my cleats, uh, Sunday. Ah! That's been, that's, 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 I just wish we had video of, of our producer, Dan, in the in the press box, in the broadcast booth, like stressing about Max making it up in time for his radio. I see hit. him. He's got the binox on you, Max. He's going, I see Poor him. Exactly. Like, Max, gonna make Max it. is still down on the sideline and his hits in six minutes. <laughs> Max is still down on the sideline and his hits in five but, minutes. <laughs> But mind you, at any point, he could have called me with a 10-minute warning, knowing that if you have binoculars on me, you know that I am still wearing said cleats. Give me a head – give a brother a heads up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you were wearing a big hey, yellow man. shirt too, so you were easy to, easy to find down there. Oh, not, like, not like I was going to get lost in a sea of black and red. It's no, not like I wore no, a black no, no, shirt no. that he day. He looked like Big Bird. He had a big yellow yes. shirt on. That was I'm telling yeah. you what you could pick you out in the from the whole just sitting up in that press box, which was really high. Uh you could yeah. we could see you. You got that beaming yellow shirt on. Unbelievable. Hey, l- l- listen, it, it, listen, all I have to say is it was binoculars weren't necessary to find me yesterday. <laughs> okay? That's very true. It was not necessary to use binoculars. Only for the binoculars are only for like looking up close for detail. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, okay, well, what is the exact combination with that yellow shirt that I was wearing? So I made myself stick out at least, you know? You but, did. <laughs> but, man, I was like, I was like, you know, Dan, you could have called me 10 minutes before. You knew you knew when the hit was. It's not like it's not like the studio hit you like, hey, Max got to get on in a couple minutes. No, you knew that it was 1145. Um, you know the, pro- you know the problem, time. Max, is he was too busy watching that World Cup in the, in the broadcast booth. <laughs> I was about to say he was too busy watching Poland France yesterday. Poland France one, had him hooked. <laughs> he had had him hooked. He's yell he's yelling breaking protocol during Dale's show and everything. You know? <laughs> Decorum. <laughs> Decorum. <laughs> Goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why don't we Only take the, a break? Yeah, we're we're taking a break. <laughs> Put, we're putting our vavuzelas away, guys, and we're going to we're going to take a break. We'll be back here in the locker room here on SNR and ESPN Radio. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pick it empty, set first and 15. He throws the pass down the middle. What a catch! And that is Connor Hayward reeling that pass in for a 17-yard touchdown. The first of his career. 
it was everything. It was really cool. Uh, the ball was in the air. My, kind, my heart kind of dropped like, oh, it's coming to me. But uh, just glad I made the play. Glad everybody, all the other 10 guys on, on uh, that play did their job. And uh, honestly, you know, we drive the ball up and down the field. We just got to get better in the red zone. You know, the amazing thing about that, and Wes, you got to back me up on this because you pointed it out to me. You showed me. Somebody posted the first touchdown of his dad, Craig Ironhead Hayward, and it was a very almost the same route, except for the fact that uh, uh, that that Connor was on the line of scrimmage, and and Ironhead came from the backfield, but ran a seam route and was in the end zone. It was unbelievable. So, am I right, West? Was that correct? Yes, you are. You're absolutely correct. Uh, I forget who posted it on Twitter, but but you and I saw, I saw it, and I was showing it to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, you compare Connor Hayward's, you know, first NFL touchdown to Craig Hayward's. I mean, like you said, other than where they were lined up, I mean, they're they're very identical. Up the seam to the right, you know, on the right side hash, yeah. getting behind the defense, ball dropped in nicely by the quarterback. It's, you know, sometimes truth is stranger than fiction, and I think this is one of those moments. No doubt about it, Max. You got to Google that or whatever you got to do to like kind of find that thing. I'll, I'll send it to you, Max. Okay, there you go. Th- th- thank you, thank you, Wes. See that that's what you do. You can actually send producing or we would it. Like to call share you can share said clip now wolf i know that i don't know how that works man you can, i couldn't di- even i couldn't even there, find the original clip wes had to like type it up and put it on the, the screen for me listen it's different than dinner time rules right where you got you know whereas you right. fend for yourself to find set to find your forageables um no you can share in these occasions sharing is caring and i appreciate that wes Sharing uh, is caring. I gotta but, remember that one. Yeah, but you know, but but one of the things that was that was beautiful, a beautiful moment, right? And uh, in the midst of something that we don't necessarily consider a sport of football, something beautiful. Uh, <laughs> the moment was after that touchdown, like the Titans came just rushing on the field. I saw Firemuth and Gentry, and they just went and they gave, they gave, they gave Connor the biggest hug in the end zone. Of course, right. they were out there because they knew that they had extra point responsibilities, but they ran and celebrated. And then, of course, Cam's out there for the extra point, and Cam came to the sidelines and he was teared up. He was he was verklempt. You know what I'm verklempt, saying? Verklempt, yes. Yeah, he was he was very verklempt. You know, and um. And and I was sitting there watching him, and he's talking to Carl Dunbar, and he just couldn't he couldn't wipe his eyes. Everybody came over, yeah. even the referee came and patted him on the shoulder. You know, like it's just that an like awesome that thing. was a tender moment. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, and it's okay to have those moments when you play a pat with passion, when you play with emotion, when you play a game such as this, and and those things, you know, that they mean something to you. You know, and watching your younger yeah. brother. I remember watching my younger brother play as I was playing. On, I was on the opposite sideline. I don't know what it's like to have it together as brothers. But, uh, you know, on one side, other than Tunch and I for all the all the time together yeah. that we, we had. That, that definitely was brotherhood, no question. But the same thing is, you know, and watching that unfold, man, I love that sort of stuff because it means something. And for Connor to, you know, pull that touchdown in, it was huge to Cam, who both Connor and Cam went to visit their father's grave before the game 
And I just thought that, um, man, that's it's something, you know, because you remember and you respond as such because it's something that's, in, in particular, it means something to you so so big. Well, and so so both Connor and Cam both grew up in nearby Duluth, Georgia. Duluth, about about twenty five miles ish, thirty miles from uh, from from downtown Atlanta, where the stadium is, and Duluth's kind of like northeast of right. uh, of, of the city. And so, I mean, it, it was homecoming yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was it was a special time. And like you said, when you go to your father's grave that day, uh, you saw Cam wearing his jersey in the post-game yes. interview. Yes. Yep. Um, it was beautiful. And trust me, as 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 the son of a, a son of a former NFL player as well. Yes. Um, it just it, it hits different. It hits different, you know, because. You know, for Cam and for Connor, their their dad never got to see them accomplish these feats. You know what right. I'm saying? And that and that's what's, you know, I can say that I'm spoiled and blessed that, you know, I had my father there. You know, he came to many many Bengal Steelers games, mm-hmm. um, and I would wear his jersey to the games. He would wear my jersey to the games. It's something special, and for them to have shared that moment in this venue, especially a team that you don't play that often. You play them every four years. And it would take eight years to get them down in Atlanta. Yes. So, you know, it's just it, – it, it was a special moment. I was really um, – you know, I was touched. And then when, as I look back on it, because I was going to get Trey Essex. I was going to get Trey afterwards. I was going to see him. He came to the family area. And I saw Cam walking by. <clears throat> so I came by. Cam put my arm around him. I said, hey. Yeah. I said, how, spe- how special was that to see your little bro score? He's like, man, he's like, I was a punk. I was like, it was like, you know, I was like, man, I was, I was, he's like, I was messed up for the next series. I was, he's like, he's like, man, I'm not soft. I'm like, I'm like, hey, but, but I said, once again, I said, but that's the passion of this game. That's the yeah. beauty of this game. The fact that you can take a moment, right, and emote in that type of manner is special. It's special. And the fact that you lasted this long that you can call your your baby brother a teammate. Hey man, that, that that's a cool. He's like, "Yeah, you're right, Max. You're right." That's a blessing. And I, so it, so it was it was a tremendous blessing and you know, kudos to Captain Cam. It just just continues to build on, you know, the body of the legacy that is Cam Hayward. Amen right? to that. As he as he continues the legacy of the Hayward family, um it was it was a pretty special moment. So I'm glad we got to highlight that during this show. You know the beauty of it was, and it, it's so amazing to see the similarity in the in the route run by both Ironhead and by by Connor. Um, it, it was just amazing. But just prior to that, too, in that same series, what about the Muth going fifty seven yards, kicking out of a tackle, dragging away from people? It was sensational. I mean, the tight ends. When you think about it, the tight ends. I think they accounted for like nearly one hundred and forty yards of Kenny Pickett's one hundred ninety seven yards. That's tremendous work by the tight ends as a group. Would you not say so? It it it, it was. I mean, well, and and here's the thing. Well, we're in pregame meal, right before we're going to the stadium, and you told Pat, "Hey, Pat, you should have a big game." He's like, "Oh, I expect it, right?" <laughs> yep. I mean, we it both just, did. We knew what was what yeah, was waiting there. We, you knew it, right? Yeah, exactly. We spoke it into fruition, Wolf. I mean, <laughs> so. You know, it feels like it, it feels like at least twenty of those yards was ours. You know, well, yesterday. No, no doubt I know it about won't it. go into sta- it won't go in the stat sheet, but you and I both know. 
I mean, we scored first downs each. You know what I'm saying? We got 10 <laughs> yards worth a piece just by saying it. We uh, we de facto. It's like it, it'll be like it'll be like all of our yards, but we'll let them have it. You know what I'm saying? Like we'll just add it to their bank. Well, it's like <laughs> we were talking about as we as we were we were breaking bread over a bacon sandwich each each of us because nothing goes better yes. with bread than bacon. Nothing goes better with anything than bacon does. Bacon makes everything better. Yes. Yeah, ba- bacon makes everything better. I mean, it is the most flexible of the protein products out there in nature. <laughs> and Unless you is, get extra crispy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, you, you, know, you know what I'm saying. I mean, because you can go thick cut, you can go thin right. cut, you can go center cut, <laughs> applewood smoked, peppered. I mean, you know, now everybody's putting like a little maple and cayenne oh, and calling know, it luxury bacon. Ooh. It is. You got pork belly. I mean, just depending on where you – but it's good for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and especially random strips for snacks. You know oh, what I'm saying? Like you're it's, not kidding. It it goes good. Like you like people will do steak and eggs. You know what right. I'm saying for breakfast. But we all know it's more like a dinner type of deal. Yes. Uh, you know it, it is a main end of the night comfort style food. Bacon is just bacon. Like it's it, it's its own category. You know, and so like even beef jerky, like beef, you would eat beef jerky for breakfast, but it's a great snack on the go. (laughs) Bacon, you can have it at any point. It's handheld. It's on a plate. I mean, you put it in a sandwich, hot dog, bun, whatever. It just it's like it's bacon. You just you got to You got to just let it go. Right. It's just ah, if if bacon ends up on my steak, I'm not upset. I'm actually like, you know what? That's a thoughtful individual. Whoever put this bacon on this steak. Exactly knows me they see me for the first time and they know what my intentions are you know what's amazing max i go back to and just because it's you and me and nobody else i'll admit to this um yeah my in 1981 i competed in the world's strongest man all right so the last month the last couple weeks no i was almost a month yeah uh every day i ate a dozen eggs and a pound of bacon trying to build my weight up they didn't have great you know protein powders back then and stuff like that you know i just i liked it by just eating an immense amount of food so i was trying to bulk up yeah. and hit you know I, I only got up to 284 but that was like big enough now i i can do that without bulking up <laughs> exactly you, you you are you are at a state of perpetual bulk you but, know what i'm saying so. but I, I was eating that was, yes i am in a state of, <laughs> that's, yes, that's exactly it but but i eat that Every day, baby. I'll tell you what. I love that. That uh, was I, that was more fun prepping for that contest than the actual contest because I was eating bacon every day. <laughs> yeah, because you can't eat bacon while you're competing. You know, no, what I'm you can't so, do it. it's the only downfall of a world's strongest man competition. <laughs> I can't eat bacon while I'm towing an airplane. So. <laughs> No, it was a semi, but same thing. Okay, gotcha. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, same difficulty, same difficulty, <laughs> degree of difficulty. Prop. Yeah, yeah, different prop. Um, <laughs> but but just think about, but what if you did though? Imagine you're like you're in the middle of like this rope pull of the semi, right? You're right, you're right. you're down in all fours. You're grabbing this rope, and you just scream over, trainer, bacon me, like mid <laughs> mid pull. He's run out with one the bacon yeah. farmers of America. <laughs> It is run out and they, one crispy strip, and they just kind of like extend it out. And you just, you snap off a bite 
And like, oh yeah, and then you just start keep you keep going, right? Oh my god, that, I'm sorry, we're getting way us. I was. That's hey, real. You know why? Because of bacon. That's why. I just had this. Exactly this so, my friend. Completely sponsored by bacon. You know what? Let, let's take a break here. Yeah, I think we need uh, to refocus. We need. Yeah, we need to refocus. Um, you know, Wolf, do not eat a pound of bacon during the break. <laughs> I, there's I none there's here, but there's not, a lot of donuts. Let me tell you. No, well, what about the bacon, the maple bacon bar? That I mean, that Ooh, was there last yeah. time I was there. That, that was, was a maple bacon donut. Yeah. So, Oof. all right. Well, well, Wolf's going to go forge and try and continue <laughs> to bulk up for the next segment. We're going to step aside. You're in the locker room, Wolf and Sarks on ESPN and SNR Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, really excited for the group in the locker room. Um, two road victories in a row, man, was much needed. Trying to find that rhythm and do what good teams do, which is stack winning performance on top of winning performance. That's the first time we've done it this year. And, can't underscore that. If you're going to be somebody to be considered and taken seriously, you got to you got to stack wins. And so, hopefully, it's a launching pad for us um, as we move forward. And indeed, Max, it's all about winning. You know, again, the goal is to win. And it, you know, the overall thing. I understand people want to play well, the draft thing, or this and that. No, I mean because you and I were as former players, you always have that player's mindset even when we're at talking back and forth here right and part of it is the fact that as a player you know indeed it's 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 about winning and it doesn't matter how miserable the season is you crave and work for each and every win regardless of what the playoff opportunities are you're paid to win you're a professional you're paid to win you're paid to play the game <laughs> Okay. That's right. That's right. You pay. You pay to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are exactly correct, my yeah. friend. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I, I had to get my little Herm Edwards. Yes. There. Exactly. But but you're absolutely right. I mean, you, I know the the schedule. The the, the record's getting closer to 500, right? There's that little there's that little nugget just hanging there, in the Temple of Doom. You know what I'm saying? There's that big jewel on the altar. You want to grab it. It's there. It's shiny. It's bright. You're thinking about how much it weighs, to, so how much you're going to make if I get that nugget. That's what the playoffs are right now. Yes. It's the, ju- it's the jewel in the temple. Don't touch the jewel. It says don't touch the jewel, <laughs> you know, but you can't help but want to touch the jewel. And for the Steelers, it's stay focused on the steps in front of you. Don't get enamored with what the finish line looks like. And the possibilities of what may be. Oh man, if you know, if we go on this run, man, we're gonna be we're gonna be in the playoffs. No, no, no. Focus on the task at hand. This is your first two two burger, right? This is your first double cheeseburger win, right? You stack two pieces of meat on top of each other, right? This is the first one you've done this season. Let's see if you can go for the threefer. Let's see if you can stack three games in a row. 
because guess who's coming to town this week? It's the Ratbirds. Yes. And this is one of two matchups left that you must go up against said Ratbirds. And you can't you can't start looking past that. You can't start thinking about five games from now what your record looks like. You've got to focus on can can we can we get one game better today? Can we go one and zero this week? Because that's all that matters. Everything else will play itself out. Everything is everything elsewhere. But what you can control is what you need to focus on. And right now, you are a team that is five and seven with two with with two victories stacked for the first time this season. That's all it is. Everything else is window dressing. The stuff we might even talk about between you and I during our show and our other shows on SNR, we will talk about everything else. But for the Steelers players and the coaches that are in their locker room, that are on the sidelines on game day, that are playing on the field, I need to go 1-0 and this week. I can't focus on shoulda, coulda, wouldas, what coulda beens. I can only focus on the journey ahead. Not time yet to look back in reflection. Exactly so. There's no doubt about it. Now, let's take yeah. okay, no, another look at this. Because now we, we've, we've talked a little bit about the good, but we got some bad in there too. And the one yeah. that jumps out at me, they're one of three in the red zone. You know, as we yeah. talked about, you got to put some, some uh, you know, sevens on the board. You can't keep consistently. Hey, listen, I got I got no problems with Matt Wright coming on and just knocking them through. That's great and all, but the fact we as we talked about earlier, when you're one and th- one of three on red zone opportunities for sevens, that that can be, it's not going to hurt you maybe against you know the the Falcons, but it's going to hurt you against the Ravens, or it's going to hurt you against somebody that's that's uh, got a more prolific offense. Yeah. I mean, it'll hurt you against the Browns. It yeah. will hurt you against even the Raiders. The Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah, it'll, it'll hurt. It'll hurt you against anybody else in this league. Um, so you've got to be more efficient. I think that that that's what it comes down. The efficiency. If you put up all those yards, you go through all that work. Because another thing. Another game, another 30-plus time of possession game. For yes, them. I was true. They possessed the ball more than the opponent, and that's usually a recipe for success. But I digress. If Arthur Millette gets flagged for a holding or PI in the end zone I didn't on that say second it. to – didn't, No, no, no. no, no I said I said if. <laughs> I said if I prefaced it before I, I went into the statement, Wolf. I got you. I got you. If, because also if if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. Anyways, <laughs> but if it was, in fact, a PI or a holding of any side, that would have given a new set of downs on the one-yard line, and we would have been talking about a different – type of situation to get going but it did not so therefore no harm no foul and we were good in the moment so I am appreciative of the fact that we had that um but man that's where touchdowns are greater than field goals those four points that four right. point swing makes a different wolf sure does and you think about that Matt Wright hit four hit four four from 46 plus yep 
Magic, magic. I mean, that was that was the stalling part of it. So that's also in my bed was we stalled out. Like we could get ourselves out of out of a deep hole, no matter where the starting position was. Right. Um, even 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 on another bad that I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more. Stephen Sims, the muffing of the punt. Ooh, Luckily, it yeah. came right back to him. But even with bad field position, we found a way to drive. We found a way to get across. Remember earlier this year, Wolf. We we couldn't get across the fifty yard line. Yes. Yep. Now that's a thing of the past. I mean, it was it was absolutely great to see us continually drive, but like you said, it stalled out. It get to the high red zone, or then we get in the red zone and we go backwards. Yeah. And that was one of the tough things that they it, moving forward. You got to clean up a little bit. And I know some of the play calling schematics ee, a little questionable. Um, and I could see the frustrations of some of those, right? I mean, even running, running trap into a, into a nickel blitz. I was like, I was like, of all things, when you're trying to get that play repped and you're trying to get it in there, so it gives the team confidence to call it back again. Literally, the Falcons had the perfect blitz dialed up in that situation and just absolutely blew it up for minus four. But um, you know, that's something they have to work on. You yep. know, we're in the bad section of this. We're talking about the bad. That's something the Steelers have to prove on. That That's considered the bad in the moment is that you did not capitalize on red zone opportunities. 33% is not what we aim for. You got to be 50% or better. That's on the goals to win um, category. Now, if you got there four times and you were two of four, different story, right? I'm good with it, but you're one of three, so it's below 50. Exactly so. And here's the thing about it, too. You go back to the first half, five of eight on third down conversions. That's pretty sensational. That's good stuff. But one of four yes. in the second half, that's not. That's <clears throat> that's unacceptable. And that's where, you know, as we talk about putting the pieces together in the good and the bad, there's the understanding that in the second half, as Mike Tomlin pointed out, they ran out of gas or something. You know, they just were not performing in the – High red zone, low red zone, whatever, whatever. It's just not getting done, and so that's an area that they got to improve on. But you know, I remember last year when we couldn't buy a point in the in the first quarter. You know, in the oh. last couple of weeks, you know, they've been putting up uh, 16, 17 points in the first half or more, <clears throat> and scoring on first drives. Yeah, first possession scores. What do we? I mean, what, what is this? What are we talking about? You're <laughs> acting like this, like this is some good football team, Wolf. I, I will not have that talk here. <laughs> scoring on first drives and nonsense, but but it is, but it is something that you know when you look at the progression of this season, that's a huge bright spot, Wolf. Yep. Um, because it we see the actual growth and progression before our eyes from a week to week basis, and you see good things carrying over. And bad things becoming less and less. So it is truly a kudos to the squad. They're growing. I know you have to just don't look at the record. Focus on the game-by-game progressions from week two to now, because obviously week one was an outlier. It was tremendous. It was glorious. Uh, But from week two to now, how much this team has grown, how much this team has changed. And even when I was interviewing Minka yesterday, right, Mm -hmm. he talked about, everybody getting into shape with playing with each other, mm-hmm. right? 
because we hadn't had all those pieces together. And then another one got added yesterday and back into the fold to Marvin Leal. And so this defense is starting to get the right pieces back. Obviously, we will miss Akello Witherspoon. He was another one that was an original that they won't have for the rest of this year. But, you know, seeing how guys are taking these roles. Levi Wallace had a big game yesterday. A lot of big pass breakups at clutch moments. And, you know, him, Cam Sutton, Arthur Millette, those guys doing the job, KZ as well. But Minka, Minka just talked about how good it was to have everybody there and to have the bodies available for them to play together. So I thought that was a huge moment. Wolf, we need to step aside. Yes, we do. Hey, let me ask you this. What do you think? We yeah. open the phone lines. This, the, the what? The power hour, right? Come up. Oh, we start going absolutely. the good, the bad, the ugly. What do you think? Let's go with it. Was it 412-919-191316? You got it. You're on it, buddy. Woohoo! Look at that. <laughs> All right, Steelers Nation, we want to hear your voice. Call us on the on the power hour on the hotline here in SNR Studios at iHeart and make sure you give us your good, bad, ugly. We want to hear from you. 412-919-1316. It's in the locker room Wolf and Starks on SNR and ESPN Radio.